Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Um, happy May. Uh, you guys celebrate Star Wars May the 4th day. I hate how all, these things all started as fun memes and now they've just become like co-opted by actual big corporations like Disney. Anyways, I'm not here to shit on big corporations. Um, they do that for themselves enough. How did I, <laughs> how did I go from this super <laughs> meritocracy straight A student who like believed wrongly in the system of, uh, you know, study hard and you will succeed to someone shitting on capitalism on a podcast. Anyways, I think the truth is somewhere in between where I still stand. But that's neither here nor there. All right. Um, I don't really have many announcements today. Um, I'm in a good mood, so I thought I'd just share that because oftentimes I'm not. And Today I am, so I just wanted to tell you guys um, I'm in a good mood. I hope you are too. If you're not in a good mood, um, I hope your mood improves soon, and I hope that things get better. Um, and really, the only announcement I want to say is to thank you guys for um, anyone who shared. I saw a couple confidants shared the, the show I produced last week for Stop AAPI Hate, and also for anyone who attended, um, we raised 15 well, a little over actually $1,500, $1,551 for Stop AAPI Hate, and that's 100% from the um, tickets and donations went to the charity. Um, like I said, uh, show costs were covered by the organization. And I did say I was coming them out of pocket, but then we actually ended up getting sponsors who wanted to sponsor it. So, hey, even better. Uh, I almost was like, but I want to donate. But it was really nice of them. So thank you to the sponsors who I'm sure don't listen to my pod. Uh, that's really the only update. I actually will be doing a bit of traveling and visiting my family now that I'm vaccinated for the next month or so, so um, not too many shows, but things are opening up, so I don't know, maybe I'll, you'll see me in your local neighborhood doing a real live show soon. In the meantime, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Whitmer Thomas. Please go watch his HBO special, The Golden One. He doesn't really need my podcast to plug it, but in case you haven't seen it yet and you like my pod, you'll definitely like his special. I loved it so much. Um, he just, well, you'll see in our conversation, he's a very interesting guy. And, uh, which, I don't know what I'm saying, like, like he's definitely way more successful than I am. But I'm just saying, if you guys enjoy my pod, you'll definitely like his special because he covers um, a lot of uh, issues surrounding... Um, trauma and family and uh twins okay totally in a different context than me being a twin but in a way that is uh, has gravitas and is also very funny and well done so I enjoyed it a lot and I think that even though we're very different people um if you guys like my comedy I think you'll find that you'll enjoy his a lot as well so enjoy this episode with Whitmer Thomas you can tell Father Longlegs, you know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians and artists and all and anyone I want to talk to, basically. Last year I had like journalists on because I got bored. Um, I have them on to confess something they want to get off their chest. Uh, very excited for my guest today. He's super funny. Has a special on HBO called The Golden One, um, and is a wonderful stand-up comedian and musician. Give it up for Whitmer Thomas. Hi, Teresa. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I always introduce people like we're in a stadium and then it's like, I feel like I leave, well, <laughs> I leave always... only you to react to your intro. 
it's always kind of awkward too because we were like just talking like yeah, five true. seconds ago yeah you break I, you know actually i wasn't gonna say this but now i think it's kind of funny is i had like i've been having anxiety dreams which have happened a lot in pandemic so this one isn't about you specifically but i think because we had this on my schedule and i looked at it I had a dream last night that we were like doing the pod, but then something kept going wrong. And it was for some reason, uh, like, I think that like, it was like fast forward to a time when everyone suddenly opened up the world. So then all of a sudden, all the plans people had made on Zoom were like, let's just do it in person. And so, because <laughs> this was scheduled on Zoom. So in the, I think I'm having anxiety about going back out, but in the dream, like, you were you showed up to do the pod and then it was like way too hot in the room and I like didn't know how to have guests over and then like the audio didn't work and it was like 45 minutes late and you were like being very patient but just kind of like uh so are we gonna start and I was like mortified but oh uh... man no I get that it's, it's kind of freaky everything's starting to go back to normal and I'm like I just got good at like being quarantined so yeah yeah, I've been having the similar kind of like social life dreams as well. Nightmares, oh, man. maybe. Well, before we get too down a dark hole, um, I do like to start with a good confession just as a way to get to know our guests and start on a positive note. Is there something good you want to confess? Oh, yeah. I went to um, Ye Rustic Inn last Ooh. week and ate inside uh, and had buffalo wings, and it was awesome. Oh, it's the first God. time I've done that. So uh, what a dream. It was like a it felt like sensory overload is great that's my confession i did feel weird eating inside but that's you know. i um one time during pandemic i craved buffalo wings from there and ordered takeout and that, they have really good wings but oh, yeah. um that was before they were fully open so that's all like is it is it like open open now for i'm guessing yeah. people who are like being safe and stuff anybody awesome. yeah and that yeah it's great i mean it's Oh boy, that that's like my favorite. Those are my favorite wings in LA, man. Yeah, I'm gonna like do it. Place. I can't wait. I'm just gonna go out to eat for every meal for the rest <laughs> of my life. No, I miss um because they used to have karaoke there, and I was thinking I used to go so much to karaoke, like not just there, but I love karaoke. Um, but now I'm like I don't know if that there's certain things I'm not sure will come back because that feels like a super spreader, like just like passing yeah, the mic sure. around. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Every oh people are gonna forget about it in a year, like. <laughs> it's gonna be dumb as hell again and whatever you know that's that's life that's america yeah well that is a good confession it's nice to feel there's movement i think it's one of those things where um things are always i mean i i, I always get like hesitant to be like things are getting better because i know that like on many levels they're not but they were so bad before it was like that like we were in the house on fire and now we're out of the house but we still have to like build a new house but okay <laughs> <laughs> at least we're not yeah. on fire anymore that's true um but uh oh, so i was speaking of like sort of uh i'm like speaking of tragedy but not really but i started this pod because i started going to therapy late in life and i like found it was really uh, around the same time i started doing comedy but just really um like validating to be able to talk to people and just like even things that I didn't think were would be helpful to talk about. So I like to ask people like, what's your experience with therapy? Do you go or do you have like a confidant or sort of like what's your way of like dealing with things in life when uh, if you're not a repressed uh, person like me, um, I imagine you have ways of coping. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I go to therapy. I've been going for years. It's crucial. Um, it, it's it's um, it's been weird during the pandemic felt felt like there I had 
you know, I just got so sick of Zoom. I just started mm -hmm. going in, back in person again. That's been nice. But um, I, I, uh, I think it's like really important. I changed so much after I started going like, yeah. it, and was really able to pinpoint a lot of my problems and were you, you, did you start going as an adult or like after you started doing yeah. comedy? I say yeah. adult, like you, like, it's like in my head, I'm like, well, we all like, you start comedy and that's a, that yeah, any age, but for some reason in my head, it's like a whole different life before and after. Uh -huh. I don't know. Oh, you're right. It is. Um, no, but I started going as a grown up. I maybe went twice as a, as a kid, but, um, I, I started going just like maybe six years ago, five years ago. Okay, cool. Um, and maybe not yeah no about five years ago and uh i went because i had been single for like the first time in a while and i was going out with different girls and i, I liked this one girl and um i got into some weird situation where she, uh, she was at a show of mine and there was this other girl there who i didn't really know very well but she was sort of like i couldn't i didn't have the heart to be like stop stop uh. talking to me and um okay so, yeah, yeah like she was she was hurt, like hitting on you but you also weren't in a defined situation so she wasn't hitting she was hitting on me but she was also sort of drunk and I felt like ah. weird about telling her to like just <laughs> sorry I'm I'm like with somebody and also I didn't really know if I was with that person but at the same time I didn't really want to be talking to this drunk girl and and anyway so the girl that I had that I liked who I was seeing at the time it was like, I don't really want to see you anymore because um, it's very clear that you have a hard time like telling oh. people how you feel because you're afraid that they won't like you anymore. And uh, you have oh, boundary man. boundary issues. And I think you need to work on all that and get that checked out. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> wow. That's like that's like a L.A. girl shit, though, for sure. Like that, like now having lived in L.A. first, I could like see myself accidentally saying something like that. I try to be like. Everyone's coming from such a different place. Like, I've been going to therapy now since I was in my 20s. And I was in New York, early 20s, single and really messed up. So it's like, I went through it too. But it's, uh, yeah, that's a lot to say to someone. Well, it, you Man. know, like, I had known her and we had been friends for a bit. And so, and then we started seeing each other. And she had known, I think she had always seen, like, my side of the story of everything. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. It's just like, I told her I was nice and... She, they, you know, whatever my like little fucking yeah dumbass vibe is, and I think <laughs> she realized like I think you need to like be on, more honest with people about how you feel because sometimes you like lead them on or or make them, you know, it's, it's okay for people not to like you. Is is mm -hmm. I think what she was sort of getting at. Like even if it's like a stranger at a show, I wouldn't be like, hey. Sorry, I, I gotta get, I gotta like walk away now. And I also, to... they might probably won't not like, like, not, you're right, yeah. it doesn't matter first and foremost, but oftentimes when we put ourselves in those situations, like, oh, they're gonna hate me. Like, if you just think, if someone did that to me, would I understand? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd be like, oh, well, I was really drunk. Like, thank you for. Right. Um, you have a lyric in, because, okay, so in your special, The Golden White, which I love so much, um, I watched you. it in like quarantine, because it came out right before or right like a, around a the week same before, time. yeah. Yeah, so um, I watched it like on at home, but I remember seeing the billboards everywhere, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" But I really like how you combine for people if you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. But he does stand up, obviously. But then there's like these music interludes that are 
more than just like there it's like a performance you're a musician but you're like this character almost i mean i know that you do perform but i don't think i've seen that side of you so much in comedy shows yeah. and you're like full on like a rock star singing but there's one song uh, i think it's hurts to be alive you say like i'm everything fucked up you want to fix and i love yeah. that lyric or what yeah you i sorry i'm butchering your lyrics no no that that's it you got it it's it's so good because it's like it kind of captures and the the spirit of it feels like a jam that you'd like you know pop in in a you know beat up car and drive down the pch and like <laughs> the windows down but then it's also like so sad and true in a way that's very funny obviously um but i feel like what you're saying now like that honesty between you and your friend kind of hits that note for me because i'm sure it was really upsetting at the time when that happened but yeah, it sounds yeah. like it got you to find out more about yourself in a way that like maybe it did became yeah more you i just spent so long i think i spent all of my 20s like not communicating how i felt that this the second that i was sort of single and sort of thinking on my own for the first time really in my like adult life and my life like as a person who had some semblance of a career like I had mm -hmm. started to make a living as a comedian and then I was single and I was starting to think for myself I became I was like really open to other people's thoughts about me or how to like help <laughs> myself because before that you know like I had been in relationship a relationship for a long time that was just so stale mm -hmm. and sometimes we would talk about going to therapy but we would always be like but why it's like the truth is we don't like each other like that's Man. never going to change and then when we broke up i think it like really helped both of us to really start to like think like why were we even in that relationship for so long and like how and long was the relationship it was like three years or so oh, okay yeah that's but... pretty long that's around the time when like you if you're not planning to move forward it it can get really comfortable if it's just your like status quo but yeah deep, deep down you know if you're like not where you want to be in life and you don't necessarily see them with you. It's sort of like at some point this will end and it could yeah. be now or tomorrow or. For sure. Yeah. And it was like, even like a year in, we were both like, I remember thinking like, you don't like, you don't like, you're not in love with me. And I remember her probably having the same thoughts. <laughs> That's like, I, I, yeah, I can really, I used to get really my head. I'm really working on a lot of this stuff. So I'm like, whenever I say like used to, I'm like, I probably still a bit of this, but a lot less but i'm definitely far from perfect in relationships but i um like i'm in my first like real relationship this year in a weird way like the pandemic forced it but yeah. um i i used to get very in my head that way as well it's like always about like what like i i need to know what they really want before i decide what i want because based on like if they don't like me that much then i don't want to like them that much. but at the end of the day i think relationships are like that it's like you can't really be 100 you know, even. So you have to just be like, what do I want? And then go for it. And then maybe get hurt, which is weird that comedians, say myself comedians, have such a hard time with that because I feel like comedy is like that. You just go on stage and you bomb and you know it's going to happen at some point, even if you're good. And then you just like do another. But for, I don't know. I don't know what it is about relationships, but it that fear of like, but if I go for it and I wanted it and I don't get it, then it'll be bad. But if I pretend... I want it, but I don't want it. And then I go for it. It won't matter. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I get that. That's always the, you know, that's the classic crutch of like, uh -huh. if I don't care about it, nothing matters. But 
gets harder when you get older because you start really wanting to care. And then you also see people around you who have like found people in their lives who they really care about. And you're like, oh yeah, maybe that would be nice. It's also <laughs> just like things stop being cute when you get older. It's like, it's not as fun to run around and be like a fuck machine when you're, you know what I mean? It's like, Speak it's not yourself. as cool. I'm still a fuck machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does have a different, yeah, it's a different um, context, I feel like. It, yeah. it feels more like you're resisting something. Although it's like everyone has their own like lifestyle and that's fine. But there is a difference between like, oh, I found, because I feel like as an adult fuck machine or fuck machine, whatever, mm. is that the official term? If you're an adult fuck machine who's like very open with boundaries and all that, you're probably like on the opposite spectrum where you're like in the super like polycule community, which is like its own thing. But then that's like, you know, when you're super honest to a, also to a point where it's already not it's its own thing. Like that's takes yeah. a commitment of its own. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, I guess what I meant to say is it's not as cute for me to go around being a partner <laughs> for other people, you know, for people who have like developed that ability and that level of like communicating with each other, then it's fine for them, but not for me. <laughs> I know what you mean. It takes away. Cause even when I think about, especially like in comedy, I feel like I have a lot of friends who are like poly, but like it, doesn't have that like edge element of like when you're young no <laughs> that they're squares but uh yeah it's definitely a feeling of like okay so this is the thing that you decided to study and research and you went to grad school for okay right so, like, <laughs> it's like great it's not cool anymore yeah no um well let's take a quick break when we get back we'll get your confession and we're back oh wow what a lovely break um <laughs> whitmer it's time it's weird. I call you Wit, Wit in person, but then Whitmer officially. Do you go on comedy podcast? Do you go by Wit or Whitmer? Whatever. It, either is fine. I tried to change my name to Wit, honestly. Just oh, like okay. So that's what you go because on on like flyers you still go by. Well, I tried, but then I was talking to um, I was like getting a a poll out from my friends and <laughs> business partners and stuff about um before my special came out just being oh. called Wit Thomas. And they were like, do Whitmer, it's weird. But I'm like, Whitmer doesn't have like, I, my name just like doesn't have any, there's no like poetry to it. And I want it, it's like harsh, you know? And so I, I want like, Whit when as a kid, I hated Whitmer. And so mm. I went by my middle name, which is Alex or Alexander. And so I, I can see you like, as like a, a, a skate, skate punk Alex, I feel like. Yeah, part of me is like, damn, I wish I would have fucking... No, Whitmer's a cool name. Wit is really cool too because it's like obviously witty wit. Um, right. But that was more for my edification because I feel like it's like whenever I go into like journalist mode, I use mm -hmm. names that I don't actually call people in real life. Um, but it's mm -hmm. good to know that you liked to go by wit. You know what? That's another situation of you, you got to do what you, it's in your heart. I know it's too late now, but right, right. I'll call you wit on this pod. Okay. Wit, okay, <laughs> is there anything you'd like to tell me? Oh yeah. Um, so I, and this is like giving me a real identity crisis. We can go all into it, but for mm -hmm. my whole adult life since I was 20 or something before, since my dad stopped being able to co-sign with me on <laughs> um, I have completely photoshopped my bank transaction records. Oh, wow. order, and sorry if this is already something somebody else talked no, about. No, no, never. But uh, never in order to get uh, new places to live. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. so full on for, so, okay, the co-sign thing makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So like ever since, let's see, I don't know, since I was maybe 22 or something. So, and that's mm -hmm. probably like six places. I, I've, I like developed a real good skill of like Photoshopping my bank <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. And I never got caught. Uh -huh. And I've always, I used to always say I made $10,000 a month. <laughs> nice. Wait, can I ask, so what, did you first have the idea? Was it like a very like cavalier, let me just do this in the first time? Or was it like, oh, I really need this. I'm, it's like a whole, like, what was your mentality when you first did it? Uh, it was just like, haha, like, okay. let's get it. Well, because I lived in low income housing in downtown. And so I didn't mm -hmm. have to get, um, have to like have, make money mm -hmm. or whatever to live there. Because my rent was so cheap and it was cheap because it was for people who didn't make any money. And, um, but then once I moved out of there, I, it was just really competitive and I couldn't find a place because I didn't have any credit and I didn't make any money. I just like delivered groceries or whatever. And so I, um, yeah, I just started, I did it just sort of as a spoof without telling anybody. And uh -huh. then I got really scared the first time I did it because I was like, oh my God, what if I get caught? Is this like a, illegal or something? And I texted it to my, my friend who's a graphic designer. And I was like, uh, do you notice anything funny about this? And uh, they were like, no, it looks like your, it just looks like your bank account. What if and they then, came back with notes? Like I would actually like, like as a graphic, um, actually I would go with a minimalist approach, maybe just block letters. <laughs> well, then they realize, then they go, oh wait, it says you make $10,000 a month, but none of your like deposits and your, your credits equal $10,000. It's like the math is totally wrong. And I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I'm screwed. And I, I probably didn't sleep for like two days because I was like so nervous the first time. And you had and then, already turned it in, basically. Yeah, I'd already given it to the woman uh, who was like, and she wasn't just like the owner of a house. She was who have a property. She was like a management company mm. for Properties there, now, uh, I feel like all those management companies are so like corrupt that I'm like, yeah, yeah. fuck them. But it True. is, yeah. You're totally right. But uh, anyway, so but she didn't notice, and then I was in, and then from then on, baby, anytime I I I will look <laughs> at a fucking the coolest place, not and in, in L. A. and think I could get that spot. <laughs> just knowing my Photoshop skills. Um, How much of this is being a white man? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> true but you know i mean like the photoshop it's a plus it, it's it definitely you've is a demonstrated plus. A, look if it's you can equal to the fucking all gangly white guy <laughs> have you watched parasite the movie yeah oh yeah they, they do a little forgery in that but that's the kind of thing where i'm like if you're gonna be that good at it and and do the job then you got the job well, yeah uh, like if you're paying i mean it's like you're paying rent you're living there like what are they gonna do Oh yeah, no, I remember when I first moved to LA, I met, I knew a guy who had a, an agent, which was really exciting. <laughs> and um, he said he got the agent because he called as acting like a, a manager, but it was just him and said, hi, I'd like to set up a meeting for my client. And he got actually got in the door. And then once oh. they found out that it was all a lie, they still like repped him because they just like, appreciated the effort. That's so I so interesting like now because I feel like I heard a lot of those stories too before like when I was younger and they're really uh, like I remember people talking about how pink 
just stayed outside the like this was back pre-internet where you literally just show up and just stayed there for like a day until the executive met with her but like I feel like Hollywood loves telling those stories but then obviously when they're successful but usually it means the person also had it and yes of course a lot of people have it and don't get seen but um it's just so interesting that they like to tout that and then not just the oh and then they worked hard and then they came like I always feel like oh, we yeah. just need, like why not just be like they did the thing that you told us to like why do we have to trick you well there's like a <laughs> I mean, but no right. I totally get it I'm always like you guys want to be scammed like it's like oh, I just love telling really those hard for 15 years and then it's something started <laughs> to happen yeah that's like I mean fuck it's like it's definitely not as compelling but <laughs> Well, it is kind of true, though, because people love those stories because I think everyone feels like they could be, um, if, if like you know, it's like they could be the next Olympic winner or whatever. And it's like the reality is like on some level things are possible. But like, yeah, then you would have to do what you're saying, like train for the all the time and and figure out as you go whether it's worth the effort or not. And yeah. people always leave that part out of uh, the biographies. But, people also always forget to. You always forget, like, I wish somebody would have told me when I moved out, like, there's an order of <laughs> success in, in the entertainment industry, and it's, like, not romantic or at all. It, it, it's basically uh, children of famous people first, <laughs> and then it's very rich people, and then it's kids who went to, like, really fancy colleges, yeah, and then it's kids who moved here when they were fucking five to be actors or whatever it is and they've been doing it and now they're 20 and now they're starting to do things like timothy chalamet or whoever it is oh yeah yeah and then it, or even the other olsen like she i mean she's yeah was doing stuff for a while but she really didn't come out as her own person yeah and then pe normal people start to be <laughs> considered so there's a lot of like people ahead of you even I'm, within that, people don't, like, there's a ton of, like, shitty celebrity kids that will never yeah, get true. You know, there's a lot of that. I mean, I, I have to, like, you know, disclose that I would probably fall into the fancy school category. <laughs> um, but, so, sorry. But on the other hand, I there's probably, as much as I go, like, oh, because I went to NYU, and a lot of people at NYU are like that, like, just already from generational wealth. And so I remember seeing that and being like, oh, this isn't fair. And then now being in a group where people are like, oh, fuck NYU. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. But also, like, I would have, I don't think there was any chance I would have been here if it was. Like, that was my one ticket. And I'm like, as much as I'm like, ah, I didn't need to pay all that money for that school. I didn't do anything. I 100% would have given up before. There was, like, no other open door. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I literally from the Bay with immigrant parents. I'm like, how would I have found I think you're here? an exception for sure. <laughs> I, I'm like... I, I, the ever, you know, obviously that's how it is. I, I'm just saying, I never knew, I never knew any fucking rich, like, I didn't know any successful people until like three years ago. So I, uh, it was, but now you know yourself. So, and then I went, to, yeah. Well, then I went to um, New York and was really starting to do stand up there. And I was like, holy shit, like kids are different here. Like, like the, the amount of like, I just feel like people have more money there or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember feeling like very small. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't realize and, you know, everybody's doing well. And I think it also com comedians for the most part are kind of like more interesting out there, I guess, mm. or they try to be or, or whatever. Do you feel that more than 
this is interesting because you've lived in both New York and LA, but I, I would, well, I'm curious, what, do you feel that more in New York that people like, like that small feeling or more in LA? Well, I think I'm more excited to be doing shows in New York. I like, um, I think comedians are just really good out there. And, hmm. um, well, I feel like I feel okay. small out there because I think it's like a lot of rich kids. Yeah. That's and, interesting. I, yeah. I wonder, because I moved there when I was like 17, and so in a way, I like didn't really grow up there, but because of that overlap, I think I got a bit of that sort of like weird cultural awakening. But I, yeah. um, New York, to, I don't know, I have a very Stockholm syndrome with a relationship with it, because I also feel that way, that small feeling. But I, at, for me, I feel like New York is a place where you can have, not, like when you talk about forging the bank statements, I'm like, that feels like something in New York you get away with more because like I was living in a basement in Brooklyn with the like ceiling would fall on me and like it was like with like two improvisers who like never like you know the shower was literally black when I moved in and I like, <laughs> spent a weekend cleaning it it was like that was the vibe in New York and also there's rich people but I felt like having that even though when I think about it I'm like I would be miserable now I probably was I don't remember being always miserable. I remember like being excited about going to shows and starting to do comedy and like hanging out. And I can't imagine having any drive here if I was living like that. So I don't know something. I, yeah, I don't well, know if there's an answer. That's great about it's... New York is like everybody's miserable together. <laughs> and even the rich kids I'm talking about, it's not like they were living these lavish lives. I'm just saying like they all came from like Connecticut or yeah. something. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, like totally. They it was just like their their family life was like very different than mine. I think, like their their upbringing, and now they're all, everybody's poor. I've never lived in New York. I, I've only oh, gotcha. been there for big chunks of the year over the course. I guess I've like lived there, but gotcha, not. Gotcha. I've never had a residence there for like work and comedy. And Working stuff. there and and staying with my girlfriend who now <laughs> she was in L.A. but and stuff like that, and then yeah over just the last bunch of years but um yeah i don't know you're right i i mean i've been so broke in la forever and and um all right I, yeah and like the thing that i really regret is not moving to new york when i hmm. younger i wish i would have had the wherewithal to go to new york and like be where everybody's close together and kind of all struggling together and and just staying up late because I, I was, I moved here and like lived in Mar Vista and didn't know where anything was or how to get anywhere. And everything felt so far away. And like, and I, if I was oh, in New York, I don't feel like I would have felt like that. Yeah. I, it's weird. Like, cause I, I lived in New York for eight years, but LA and I like LA a lot now, but LA has an almost opposite experience. At least if you're like in your twenties, thirties, like from New York, like you move, Almost everyone I know moves here, unless you exactly moved here because you got the big break. Like, if you move here, even if you're like with friends or know people, it's like very miserable the first few years. And yeah. in New York, it's like you move there, and though it's miserable, it's like there's a lot of excitement. And then it gets more miserable as you live there longer. And in LA, yeah. I feel like as you live there longer, you do start to like feel calm and like unwind. And I, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, but I want to talk about this. Okay, so because this idea kind of ties into the bank statements, like what we're talking about career stuff, this like kind of fake it till you make it idea. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I don't know. I mean, you are doing really well and successful now, but you're talking about early on and having these like, you know, doubts or feeling like, oh, I feel different. And which is honestly probably what makes your comedy stand out is finding your own voice. Like when did you sort of shift and or was there a moment or was it gradual? Like when you were like, I need to fit and do all these things people say and then shift to like, I'm going to make the thing, even if it's not something I've seen before. Like, I know, you know, you're making music, you're shooting your own movies, like, Oh, did yeah. you have an active switch to that mentality? Well, the, I always wanted to do movies and stuff and would make shorts and, you know, mm-hmm. get a, get on Vimeo staff pick <laughs> or whatever it nice. was. Uh, I don't know. And that was like awesome. And that's all I wanted was that. And then, um, and then uh, I was doing stand-up and just really trying really hard to get on late night and I did all the channels of like what you're supposed to do to kind of like to have a career as a comedian, like mm-hmm. Roto Just for Laughs, New Faces, which is like a, mm-hmm. for the listeners, a big comedy <laughs> festival that's exciting. I don't know if it still is, but it was at one point like really excited to get invited. I did all these things and. That's so I, funny that it, it Just for Laughs is a, still a big deal. I think just the pandemic stopped everything but that anytime it's come up on the pod too or any non like comedy thing it's like everyone it's shorthand for like we all know how big this is and then we all assume nobody outside of comedy has any <laughs> <Right>. idea <laughs> like, we're like, it's this big thing it means everything it's going to change your life also there's no way you know what it is if you're not in comedy right <laughs> or like in entertainment <laughs> well having to explain it to my dad was like very <laughs> but uh yeah, I got I got to go there and it, I did all these things and but it just was never happening like my career as a comedian I just like couldn't get a fucking leg up. Mm-hmm. And then um my and you forged a bank statement. <laughs> I was forging bank Hollywood. statements left and right. Just so broke, just like in and out of having to do unemployment and stuff like it, show, um, it shows in a way, like, it is really frustrating, obviously, because, I mean, we won't get too into the socioeconomic uh, landscape, but outside of that, it also speaks a lot to your resilience, because not being able to, you know, have a place to live often is a reason people leave. And, you know, I, I understand there's probably, like, it's hard and there's probably privilege there as well but I so I'm not saying like anyone has to go and forward something in order to like no shame if anyone moves away but specifically I do feel like you just had very like focused uh, ambition because I don't think everyone would have done that but you knew like no matter what you have to stay and make it work and then you did and so I think that that's like to me what's really cool about the story is Oh, but, you know, like you well, didn't yeah, come from on. like, I'm going to try to trick everybody because I, you know, it, it doesn't feel that way. And that's what whenever you hear stuff like that, when people highlight like inequity, you're like, yeah, it seems like the people in power tend to be the most evil because, yes, if you're forging statements left and right just to swindle people, that's bad. But this situation is like you moved here to pursue a dream. You're trying really hard. You're working really hard. And it was just like not a system that made it easy for you. No, it didn't. And I remember like the first time I ever had to pay, got like when I, like three places ago when I was, I had forged my spot, my shit, obviously. And then I got into the place and it was the most rent I ever had to pay. But I was like, if I can just get into a spot, like rent in LA is so expensive, then I can figure out how to like make the money in order to pay for the place. 
And that's what I always tell everybody when they're considering moving to LA and then they talk about how rent is expensive. It's like, ex- like things being expensive is, is just the city. That's just like yeah. what it's like. You just have to accept that it's okay or that you're going to be okay and that you'll be able to figure out how to pay rent. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you save, whatever. You're going to be broke until you're rich if you live in the big city. And, like, so just, like, accept that that's life. It sucks, but that's kind of what I was – that was my mentality at least. And, like, and I wouldn't make it any fucking money. It was, like, unemployment and then selling things and then having some job for a second and then it going away and then – hopefully getting to do a stand-up show somewhere or like planning a tour. How far into stand-up were you when you moved to LA? I hadn't started. I had started in LA. I moved to LA to be an actor when I was right when I graduated high school. So I've been here for a really long time. And, um, but when I first moved here, me and my dad co-signed a place and I like worked at a skate shop and then I delivered pizza and then I worked delivering groceries forever. And then slowly was able to like, not have to do any of those things it's like in a way like you're kind of describing i mean i don't fall into the uh like totally spiritual witch witch la girl but i do like have a lot of friends in that and i respect it but you're kind of sounds like you're talking a little bit about what people describe as like law of attraction because and even if you don't think of it that way because i hate when people quote the secret my sister like loves that um but in a Mm -hmm. way you do kind of grow to fit the tank, right? That you're in, like, it's like a new fish or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of a fish, but it's going to take a second to adjust. But then you figure out your surroundings and you know where your borders are. And I, it sounds crazy to just say it that way, but I think you're right. Like, if you decide that this is, like, the life you're going to be in, either you will sink or swim. And you have to plan like you're going to swim, which you did. And don't be the one to leave. But, yeah, of course there are chances someone will be like, you're done and then you're done. But I think the secret is to not be the one to be like, well, I'm out. Um, well, and money doesn't solve anything. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it solves so much, really. But <laughs> it doesn't, no, I know like, what you mean. There's always more problems, more things anything. to pay for. Yeah, yeah, life, and life, and like another thing to consider is like, when your biggest problem in your creative, in your life is like, I gotta figure out how to pay rent, it kind of rocks because no matter what you have that big problem, but then once that goes away and you've like figured out, Oh, wow, I can pay rent for a long time. Then you have to like really start thinking about <laughs> doing stuff. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, whoops. But the other part of it is I getting like, a dog. I feel like I just oh, yeah, started dude, feeling I, stable I, and I, well, I have, I've had it for, for a few years now, but it, it took me a while to like, it brings out a lot of those anxiety issues of like, oh, I finally learned how to take care of myself. Just kidding. No, take care of another life. Yeah, that's why I won't get a dog. <laughs> but it really, it's like, just like accept that you're broke and uh-huh. just like, don't let it consume you totally. You know, yeah, there's cause... obviously exceptions. I'm just talking about mostly when people like, if people ask me about moving to California yeah. or to New York, like, I'm just like, don't fucking plan the next two years of your life in Alabama, yeah. saving money every day so you can get an apartment in New York or LA because it's going to just disappear immediately yes. and just like move there broke. Yeah, and, and that's smart. Because that it doesn't really matter. Is... Like, just go now. You um, do kind of figure, because you're kind of, yeah, that's, I don't know why, like, um, this is kind of different, but what you're saying about like just moving into a place that you had the most 
rent ever. Like it's almost like you're creating hurdles, but you know that's where you want to end up. You want to be able to pay it. So if you have all, it's like a math equation where you're like, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay it yet, but I do know in order to be this person who pays this rent and has the money, I do have to live in a place with this rent. So then you're almost like solving from the back of the equation. Yeah. Like I did that once when I decided to quit my, my first full-time job when I moved here was like producing for Cracked and I, they let me write a lot, but like I officially got in as a producer and I wanted to write. So when I finally left them, I like quit to be a like, pursue full-time like comedy and writing and I knew before I left that it might be a while before I got something so I moved apartments and signed a lease for a studio that was like the most expensive place I've ever lived and like twice what I had was paying before really cheap at NoHo and I it sounded weird but in my head I think I thought well if I can't make this rent like this isn't that was a rent that you should have been able to make if you're like working as a writer and I, I wasn't there yet but I was like if I want my next year to work out, I should at least like start as if it's going to happen. And yeah. it, it like it did, which is the weird thing, because I remember that feeling of moving and be like the panic of like, I just took my safety net away, but also of going, I'm alive today. I'll be alive tomorrow. At some point, if I run out, I'll figure it out. Like I won't just it won't be like zero bank account die like it'll like it will suck, but it I won't die. So yeah, yeah and, then, and yeah, everything's gonna be okay. It's like fucking. <laughs> there's all there's ways to fucking make money, and also you get so good as you get older at like figuring out how to fucking get money, or at least I did. Like mm -hmm. fucking food stamps, or or uh, you know, unemployment, or like rigging employment. Shopping at Ross. Yeah, sure. Getting some like old Volcom jeans from t the year two thousand six, but for some reason they're brand new at Ross. Um, <laughs> That's my experience. Ross but, is, yeah, I only because I live in Glendale. Well, I probably shouldn't say where I live. Never mind. I live that, near Ross, and it's been oh, like, I know that Ross. It's definitely during quarantine. It's in a strip mall where I like just to get out of the house would go occasionally to like pick up supplies for my dog because it's next to a Petco. But uh, I started like branching out into the other stores <laughs> during my very bored days, and I gotta say, Ross, it's. I think they. I think they try to make it a bad experience so you won't want to go back and return things. I like, think you're right. I, it's like they, tr they scream at you. It's like, on per I feel like the training manual is like, let's make this place look like it's a mess so people will feel like they found something cool and then they wait way too long in line and then it's not worth returning. So no. then you just keep Nobody it. wants to go back there. Make the parking <laughs> yeah. lot hellish. The line to check out is like the fucking hedge maze so from bad. Shining. It's awful. They take people away from the counter when more people get in line. They're like, oh, can we send someone away? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's literally worse. Uh, well, bad. I really, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing this. I think that it's, um, especially as someone who, like, I, would, I mean, I know everyone's, like, going to look at their own career and their own, maybe their worst critic, but I think I would consider you very successful and very much have your voice and know what you want to do. And so hearing that, I think, is very inspirational, for, especially for anyone sort of early in their career or thinking like they want to keep going, they don't know where they are and they don't know how it's like, you'll well, thanks, do it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the icing on the cake for all this is like going, you know, doing all this shit as a comedian and trying, you know, doing, you know, all the channels and shows and trying really hard to do all the things and fit into the box of like a stand up comedian forever and just being like broke and whatever it is. And then, what where everything started to work and be okay for me was i had you know 
had like stand-up agents and shit and then they it wasn't you know obviously i wasn't making any money or anything like that for them and i was not ever booked onto conan or whoever and so they dropped me and and them dropping me made me just kind of think like well i guess i'll just do whatever i want i'm not like doing this for anybody but me and that's mm-hmm. when like things started to click for me as a comedian of like oh, playing wow. music and that's awesome and and all that shit and then you know i i was lucky enough to like get to do a comedy special and whatever it is and now i have i have a whole thing but it's only because of just well, you worked it. hard i mean i i totally get that wanting to like say lucky enough because you are lucky but also you worked for it right i but i was lucky <laughs> enough that i i did my show and the right people were uh-huh. in the crowd and all that shit but like it like if somebody would have told me eight years ago like dude don't you don't stop worrying about a type five like this isn't 1989 that might have been helpful like just like go and do what you what makes you happy and like enjoy yourself uh what you enjoy yourself oh my god are you kidding me yeah <laughs> and it's so funny be- bank statements just hit up with uh <laughs> well it is similar it's like just fake it dude fake it yeah and that was scary about playing music live like and because i'm like oh i'm not like I haven't played in a band in so long. I'm not like a real musician. It's just like, I ah, just fucking fake it. And that is kind of like, I, I used to sing, or whenever I used to do stand-up, I would sing in like a funny accent mm-hmm. and stuff. Just like faking it as a fucking rock and roll guy. I don't know. It's like the same fucking shit as forging these bank statements. Well, the I'm secret only... is they're probably also fake. Like, no, like we think of icons as the like, their peak of who they became but you know they weren't born like that they they started somewhere with a vision and then they like became what we know as these rock stars which means yeah. at one point they were kind of faking it like every yeah dude everybody's fucking that's the, yeah yeah that's uh, a good point point. and banks are i have to say that banks are always scamming anyway so you know what they're faking they literally get bailed out all the, i mean whatever i'm not gonna well, get that's political, the, the other bit of it the other bit of shit something that like i took me a second to learn is like never feel bad about <laughs> taking something from the government a bank yeah. a corporation just never feel bad because it yeah. doesn't like they're scramming everybody. I used to feel bad about being on unemployment. I, I would obviously feel bad about lying to the at the with the bank shit and to these uh, property managers and shit. Just like fucking, if, if you move to a big city, everything is so fucking corrupt. Yeah. Like the vaccines in LA, when they first started, they weren't giving them to anybody. They were only giving them to cops and essential workers and frontline workers. And the cop, no, but none of the cops were getting taking them, so they were throwing away sixty percent of these vaccines. Yeah. And so I got, I like got uh, lucky and got to do a vaccine in end of February, which was like mm. a few weeks, maybe a couple weeks early. And I remember feeling like really guilty. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I was talking to somebody who worked at the vaccine place and they were like, dude, nobody's fucking get, everybody's throwing them away because it's the rollout is so, everything is just so fucked. And so it's just like, take what you can get. Yeah, trust yourself that you, I mean, nobody is perfect, so it's not about trying to become a perfect thing, but trust that oh. you know what you want the world to be and that you're living it. Like, I I, I understand that guilt feeling too, because I've done that. Like, I, uh, I won't get into the details of it because I shouldn't, but I got fired for um, some shitty reasons, like speaking about stuff. And then it turned out they did this a lot. And so they were like trying to pay me off. and. 
I didn't want to take it, but what I ended up doing was like, oh, maybe I'll take it and donate it. Because I felt guilty. Because I was like, they're going to think yeah. they won because they think they, they got away with it. But it's like, you know what? <laughs> they did get away with it. It sucks. They got away. Like, they got away with it. It's not good. Yeah. But it don't, I can. So then I ended up being like, okay, I'll take some of it and donate some of it. But it's tr- truly, it was like, why am I feeling guilty when this is like the people who literally show that they're more willing to pay people to not work for them than pay people more? Yeah, it's crazy. yeah. Yeah. When, how long ago did you start doing stand-up? Um, I started in like 20, the end of 2013, so like, I guess seven, eight years. I started in New York. I kind of have weird, like my trajectory is weird because I started in New York, but then I moved out here when my brother died. So it was like a mm-hmm. year and a half in. So I was like, in New York, you kind of grow fast. So I made a lot of friends, but I definitely wasn't like, quote unquote, ready to be doing a lot of stuff so it kind of felt like starting over in LA but then sometimes I'll go back to New York and I'll have friends from before so that does help but it's weird because people be like oh you started in New York like how come I don't know you like well because I was like a year in and dating a you know comic and just partying mostly not like yeah Um, Yeah, maybe that's my other bit of advice is like (laughs) don't take (laughs) if right when you start comedy don't date another comedy (laughs) yeah Um, yeah yeah but anyway Oh, man. I don't know how long. When did we meet? Like 2016? Probably. Yeah, I moved out here uh, 2015. So that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. At that bar, mm-hmm. that that bowling alley. Is oh, that yeah. Highland mean? Park, right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck. Have you done stand up? And have you been doing shows and stuff since? Oh, um, In uh, post COVID. I've life? done a, I've done a bit, but like not really i feel i just fully got vaccinated i did a few college shows where they like you know were following yeah, yeah. protocols but i what i'm not out there like doing i'm not trying i guess let's just put it this way i'm not emailing bookers but um right right i don't know i do feel like it's probably opening up soon i just want to wait i don't know i feel weird about it because i'm like it's not like i'm dying to do bar shows but i do miss stand-up i just miss like doing comedy and shows like yeah. inside i did yeah, one that was outside and it was like this is kind of a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to come back like real, like because right now it feels like a fake thing. Um, yeah. Do we? Do you have time for a quick game to end on, like five minutes? Yeah. Okay, totally. cool. Um, I so this is a game. I just like to end on a game. And thank you for so much for sharing all that. By the way, I very much. Of course, uh, yeah. Sorry if it was like I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to feel like I had all the answers or whatever. Oh no, I no, I didn't feel that way at all. And uh, I'm just saying things that I wish people would have told me. No, it's really good to know. I mean, I feel like I would go back and tell myself things and still not listen. (laughs) Um, But speaking of going back, um, I know you're a fan of Blink 22, and I used to have a Mark Tom and Travis poster on my wall. And a game that I've sometimes played on the show is called Thesaurus Lyrics, which very simple. I just take lyrics from um songs and then do synonyms and see if you can guess what the song is so okay. this is the blink 182 version for i'll give you an example so for example um uh all those small things truth care truth brings whole nine yards the cramp stuff pure responsibility authenticity carries like <laughs> that's sort of the idea okay. um so these are I think these should be easy. They're all like, uh, well, no, I'm not like trying to trick you with like deep cuts, even though I feel like you would know them. Mm-hmm. But let's see how you do. Okay, so here's the first one. Well, how well do you say you know for, for the listeners? Oh, I, are... I know, okay. I know the whole catalog, okay, cool. top to bottom. I know you're a big fan, uh, but I realize that like I guess the listeners should know. So Wit is a huge fan of Blink, and all right, here's the first one. 
While you express friendliness, I evaporate innermost. I'm not upright for an occasion of your era. I'll say like, some of the like pronouns and little words I didn't change, just so you know, because I don't. don't not will you it. express friendliness? Let me see if I can say it in more syncopation. Uh, <laughs> <Express>. <laughs> while you express friendliness, I evaporate innermost. I'm not upright for an occasion of your era. I don't know if that helped. And so, it, it, so the words that you're changing are express friendliness. Uh -huh. That's something different. Yeah. Okay. What does express friendliness mean? While you, mm. what's maybe, a word? Maybe, for maybe evaporate. What would that evaporate innermost? I feel like that would be help, helpful to know. Dissolve inside. Um, oh, we got one of the words. Inside. Okay. Inside. <laughs> Uh, okay, while you express friendliness, I have fucking, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> okay. This is hard. This do you is want way me to harder. do the tune? I know, it's funny because it's like I hear, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know that one? I took her out. It was a Friday night. Yeah. Hello. When you smile, I melt inside. I'm not worthy for a moment of your time. Oh, oh that one. <laughs> oh, wait. Smile. Oh, so that's first, first date. date. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, not to grow out. First date. Yeah. Okay. First date. So that would be uh, while well, you express friendliness. Wait, <laughs> it's when uh, you smile and melt inside. I'm not worthy for a minute of your time. Wait, that's the line. Yeah. Wait. Ex well, when you smile. Smile when you. Oh, express oh, I get, I get what you mean now. Okay. <laughs> when you okay. smile, I melt inside. So you're. I, I, I thought for some reason it was going to be the same amount of syllables and stuff. Oh, okay. no, that would be really easy. But this is probably too hard. Okay, let's see if this one, this was a well-known, that, maybe that one is a little, that one was like one of my favorite songs, but I feel like I was very much on the like femme side of Blink, you know, it was like. Well, First Date is great. Uh, you know, it's funny, this is another confession. First Date is great and nobody, in Alabama, nobody knew who Blink-182, they didn't listen to Blink-182, nobody knew about them. And, um, so I went to school, middle school, when that song came out, and I there's a girl I liked, and I sang her that song and told her that I wrote it. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. And uh, I did that with a lot of Blink-182 songs because there's <laughs> no way they would ever hear it. I feel like if they would be proud of you. You know, that's like what... <laughs> if you find out you help, like, little kids get confidence and talk to girls, I mean, what's not to love? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, this, let's see if you know this one. I feel like this is a more, uh, uh, easier one. Okay. Greetings on hand. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Okay. Greetings on hand. The cherub from my hallucination. The obscurity from the backdrop of the crematory. <laughs> That's a miss you. <laughs> yeah. I miss you. Hello there. The angel from my nightmare. The shadow from the background of the morgue. Wait, so hello there is greetings from my hand. Greetings on hand. On hand, I, there on hand is a synonym on this. These oh, are all okay. from thesaurus.com. Oh, Check gotcha. it out, baby. Okay. okay, okay, cool. Okay, that's one point. Okay, here's the final one. Ugh, this one I feel like I, maybe I made too hard, but I don't know why this is like a lyric that I thought about a lot. I mean, I do know why. You'll know why, but, um, and it's from, we'll say, I'll give you the album. It's from Enema of the State. Okay. okay. And suddenly I behold her existing nearby with emerald surveillance and enlarged bleached fiber. She wasn't draped in loincloth. In general, I importuned that. Fuck. Okay, she wasn't <laughs> draped. That means she was like 
she was naked. Or she wasn't. Um, oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Uh, so when you see her standing yeah. there. Long blonde, nice hair, and long blonde hair she wasn't wearing underwear that so. one's great um, yeah but. yeah i feel like that was definitely like the seed of my sexual awakening because i was like too young but i was like why, why is it's just words why do i feel something about this girl yeah, yeah. Like, wait this girl's not wearing underwear is that, is she... not, yeah and she's got green eyes and long blonde hair it's like wow that sounds hot uh well <laughs> <laughs> i think we probably had that same feeling at the same moment uh-huh well, thank you for playing. You won because you got two out of three. Your prizes, you get to tell the listeners um, where to check out your stuff, where to follow you, and, you know, plug your things. Oh, cool. Yeah, follow me on uh, just Whitmer Thomas on Instagram and Twitter, and I got a TikTok now. Um, and look at, watch, listen to my music on Spotify and and watch my special on HBO. And, uh, yeah, yeah the golden one. Is your music under Whitmer Thomas as well? Yep. Cool. Thanks for coming on the show. You can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter. And goodbye.